Hey, pals, welcome to Team Up Moves. I'm Fiona. First up, I want to give a special shout out to all of the new listeners who are joining us from Thomas Manuel's Indie RPG newsletter. Welcome. We hope you enjoy what you hear and we hope you stick around. If y'all are not getting this newsletter, go to ttrpg.substack.com. I'll put a link in the show notes as well. It's really excellent. It comes out every week. It's got news, thoughts about indie role-playing games. Absolutely a must-read. Please check it out. This week, we have the second half of our actual play of Spectaculars, designed by Rodney Thompson and published by Scratchpad Publishing. This is a superhero business game, and we are taking that business to space. Shayna Hausman is playing Emmett, the half-robot, half-golem with magnetism powers and super strength. The incredible Seanan McGuire is joining us to play Lily, the universe's absolute grumpiest power mimic and power augmenter. And Stephanie is playing a cross-gliding, who can discorporate into a particle cloud, summon force fields, and hang out with About Biting, her floating manta ray companion. When we last left our heroes, they were investigating a distress call from a ship that they knew was, quote, infested and also, quote, going to collide with Earth. Aboard the ship, they've run across one of those infesting creatures, a interdimensional wisp that has been taking pieces of the spaceship and carrying them around to form a body in this dimension. Our heroes are on the lookout for a facilitator, a interplanetary knight errant who sent out the distress call, and they've been exploring the ship to find out what's going on and how to stop it. I hope that's enough summary for you to remember what's going on. So let's go back to the tape. I'm going to use particle form to fly around and see whether I can find a working terminal so we can learn more about the ship and the sinister, prickly, jerky, scary space groundhog. Okay. And if I find anything else on the way, like, for example, a wounded facilitator, that'd be nice, too. Okay. Do I roll to see if I find anything or? All right. So you're going, you're going particle form. Yeah. Why don't you give me a particle form roll and we'll just kind of see where, uh, judge a level of success off of that. Okay. Oh, no. It's a 72, and my particle form is only 70%. Oof. Let, let me give you this. I mean, so I think, you, you know, you go down the hallway sort of one way, and it's just like blast door. Go down the hallway kind of the other way, like looking for power, anything down here, blast door. And then you come back and like, cool, I found some blast doors. <laughs> yeah, bunch of blast doors, friends. Can't, no working computers and uh, no wounded space nights and we're just here with i will say this is a relative to the size of the ship a fairly small area that you now have searched thoroughly do we want to explore the rest of the ship somehow go through the blast doors they're blast doors i mean i have both super strength and magnetism i feel like between the two of those can probably do something about those i concur what does that like information handoff response look like? So across, you're coming in saying, sorry, there's nothing with blast doors. Like cut to Emmett. I can take care of those. Blast doors, smash doors. I would welcome that. Lily? Yeah. If Emmett opens a blast door, can you accompany us? And also should we give the thing a name? How am I supposed to accompany you? I got a thing in a force field. I don't fully know how to use that. I'm going to lose at any moment here. I don't want it, but I got it. Kind of like my older brother. 
It's just fucking there. Well, we're just trying to find out whether we want to just throw it into space. Yes, or that'd make... be great. Well, to do that, we need access to information, and that's going to be in the software if we find some part of the ship that has power. And that's reasonable, and I'm not happy about being left behind here, but I don't know how I'm supposed to move this fucking thing. Here, and I pick up the force field and just hold it the way you'd hold a giant glass bottle. You can do that? Force field. All right, well, that's appalling, but yeah, let's go. So I'm I'm carrying this. It's like I'm carrying a giant glass bottle. Okay, I want to establish narrative limits on your ability to move the force fields. So what what constraints are you giving me here? I can't project another one while this exists. Okay. Or at the moment, like Lily can't project another one while it exists. Is, and can can we say physical contact too? What do you mean? Like you can't telepathically move a force field. No. Once it's been projected, it's there. It's basically as if I had the ability to blow glass that dried instantly. And then there's a big thick glass wall or bubble or something somewhere. And until the force field user projects another force field, it's in a non-combat situation. It's there and you can move it just the way you'd move a heavy glass sculpture. Okay. So the five of you make your way to the nearest blast door. Pieces of it seem to have been, again, sort of pulled off. And and actually, you sort of look as like, oh, wait, hey, like, it looks like that bit of paneling there is probably on our friend here. Like, some of this is coming together. Emmett, what are you doing? So it looks pretty definitively already damaged, right? Like, I might make things worse if I um, just brute force it, but it's not like, it doesn't seem like I could just turn it on magnetically or anything, right? Right. It's in a lockdown mode. Okay. And I think lockdown and then power cut. So yeah, you're you're dealing with this very much at the the physical heavy metal thing. Okay. Can I combine my powers like that or like use the mag- magnetism to make it not quite as heavy or should I do I just like... I mean, I think that flavorfully, sure. Mm-hmm. Mechanically, there's no difficulty levels. In Spectaculars, I make the call of is this possible or not possible or trivial. And if it's possible, then you roll for it. And it's whatever the roll is for your power. All right. Well, I'll roll for strength then. But I, I do like flavorfully. I like I like combining the two. Would you consider this thrash metal or power metal? Um, I don't know enough of the difference. <laughs> Check the show notes. <laughs> All right, Emmett. Okay. I guess this does matter of are we getting like golem smash or like golem hands up glare? For the panel. Laren is mine. You're not paying me a fee. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm feeling a smash coming on. Okay, okay, yeah, that's good. Stay, stay on the safe side there. Okay, and I got a 66. And that would not work if it was magnetism, but, but because it's my lesser power, not my minor power, I do it because it's under 70. All right. It's a smash hit. Thank you. Mm. Cool. <laughs> it is... In fact, a smash hit. Yeah, okay. So, blast door gone. Just, and lo and behold, on the other side, you have what what was sealed off here is is the bridge and it appears to be deserted, but there is there is backup power for parts of the bridge. So again, overhead lights off or flickering, but some of the computer terminals are on. The navigation systems are engaged, but also like very clearly locked in like for the earth trajectory. But now you do have access to the whatever rudimentary computer systems are still online for the ship. So this can give you information about maybe what's been going on and probably information about where people might be or what's, you know, that sort of thing. So I have used a computer and researched something as separate skills. Would I like do both or, or can I just research from the computer? 
what are you trying to do? Let's 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 try to, to match your intention with the skill. Right, that makes sense. Um, so first of all, is there a computer terminal that's working in front of the captain's chair? Yes. I'm going to sit in that and I'm feeling some amount of glee because I'm a nerd. <laughs> Emmett, you look great. Thanks. Thanks. So I guess probably I want to use the computer first because I, it's probably not like an Earth computer, mm-hmm. even though I've been at space school. Yeah, I'm guessing I want to use the computer because I want to first get in there. Okay. And from there, I would want to research. All right. I, I think we only need to do this as, as one one role. So, okay. you know, research is the higher one. So, all right. So what are you looking for right now? Well, the first thing that would be useful is if there are any logs of what was happening, of what happened, uh, any record. Mm-hmm. I would definitely like to find any, like, life signals. I think those are the two main things. If there are, If there's any life on the ship... And that includes, like, do we have signs of life from our little robot friend? But also, like, do they? is there a record of what happened? Okay. Are there useful video logs? These sound like two different things. Okay. Like, what's going on on the ship and then and then what's happening? Do you want to divide up? I mean, there are other terminals. We can sort of fan this out to other folks, too. I'll start with the signs of life thing, because that seems more urgent. Okay. First, figure out if there's anyone to save, and then figure out what happened. 25. So that is well under 90%. All right. Yeah. So you're able to, to access the sort of the environmental personnel kind of systems here. And there is sort of a blip, a facilitator blip in the engine room. And you can kind of see in the schematic, like, okay, sort of where that would be. And it doesn't look like there is like, that's the only sort of facilitator. Like there's a special like green color or whatever uh, on this. The, the rest of the ship does not seem to have any of its like normal sort of staff inhabitants or, or other folks, you do get like, there's sort of this other dot that is not always, it's not constant. It, it, it's it's almost as if the, the the computers, the sort of the life sensors are not calibrated to it. And so sometimes it seems like it's in the engine room too. Sometimes it's maybe in an adjoining room, but there is some other presence on there. You also see, uh, you see you all, is registering on uh, around the on the bridge, but you're sort of able to count the dots and see that your your groundhog friend is not being picked up at all by the ship systems. Cool. You know where presumably the person who sent the distress signal is. There is someone else present, but completely unknown as for the extent of which these these other sort of creature things are are around. So uh, while you're doing that, what what are the other characters up to? I have a giant, awful space groundhog in a bubble that I can't stop projecting, so things are terrible, but I am trusting Emmett to find us information in the computer system that I never paid for training on, and so I'm just going to stand here and watch the space groundhog and hope it don't eat my fucking face. Well, according to the computer, it doesn't exist. Great, can we put it out the ship then? <laughs> no, don't, we can't put it out the ship. If we put it out the ship, it might eat our ship. I don't know. These things can probably survive an infinite void. That's what Emmett's researching here. I have some pilot skills. While Emmett is researching all these things, can I investigate the navigation controls and roll to see whether I can override or interfere with the locked course? I think that you sort of poke at them Mm -hmm. and there's like a a override level put into um, that, like it's completely locked out from the bridge. And so you could probably have some control like down in the engine room. You might be able to 
sort of affect things sort of more at the at the mechanical level of like what uh what are the wing flaps or what you know kind of thing are but very much at the navigation sort of like the highest level of ship security mm-hmm. this course is locked in can we have a panel of me saying i can't alter the ship's course i tried yes dramatic so let's get let's get some some just some background from from those logs you know kind of coming up there there's some sort of like captain's log type stuff the facilitator on this ship appears to be using the handle anode and there is this sort of description of a a sudden breach of the ship and that there was a sort of a person came and then these things started forming out of pieces of the ship and there's sort of like this almost editorial note like it 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 seemed like this person humanoid like was calling them was bringing them forth and they were sort of coming out in the ship there so it's not like they arrived but like extra dimensionally is is kind of the the angle here and they are being controlled by this individual and being used to terrorize kill almost all of the inhabitants of this ship and anode writes i'm sending out the distress there's sort of a log message for the distress signal I'm going down to the engine room. My last chance is to blow the core so that this ship doesn't reach Earth. Okay, that's encouraging. Looks like Anode is A, still alive, and B, did not blow the core. So maybe we want to go to the engine room. Yeah, that seems like uh, the next step, which is great. Definitely seems like a great idea and not walking into homicide. Based on what you've learned uh, from, from the logs, Emmett, do we want to change our no-kill trap into a kill trap and just crush this thing? Would that work? Honestly, probably. I don't like it. But like, yeah, it seems like we can't really leave it. I, I, I love ugly, cute animals, but it seems like that's what I thought we got here. But it, it seems like this is actually a, an entity that doesn't belong in this dimension at all. I, I agree. I don't, I don't like killing things, but also... I don't really have a better idea because lugging it around does not seem like a good idea. Neither does letting it go. Lily, you can use your force field to squash it. I can what? You can use your force field to just crush it. All right. All right I want to roll for this because uh, I think that it is possible that, that this goes wrong. But, okay. Uh, yeah. And that is a 48. So yeah, as the force field kind of collapses on this thing, the you know the physical aspects of it, are starting to get bent and torn and misshapen. And so sort of as the bubble shrinks down on this creature. So as then, you know, those those bits are getting pushed at weird angles and collapsed, they're, 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 they're falling off and probably getting somewhat, you know, crushed or pulverized, right, as the, the force is going. And so after enough of them are removed, what's what's left seems to quite literally perhaps give up the ghost. And you see that there is this flash and, but it's, it's not, not a flash of bright light, but just a flash of darkness or off white light or something like it's, it seems fairly unlike, you know, conventional physics as the, the thing at the center of this kind of collapses and whatever was sort of coming through into this dimension is either destroyed or just pushed back out into the wherever between them. All right. What's left of the pieces sort of clank down and L just just sort of instinctively just just goes over and just stomps on part of it instead. <laughs> All right. So what are the odds that we just told the person that owned this thing that we were here? 
Hmm? Anyone? I bet they knew. Yeah. Also, Lily, that was great. You were so good at using my powers. That was really impressive. That was tough. I'm real good at using everyone's powers, but uh, that was that was disgusting. Your powers are disgusting. I appreciate them. I like them a lot, but they're vile. <gasps> Is it the powers or what you were using it on? It's what I was using it on, really. But right now, that's the, the basis of comparison I got. I got a cousin turns himself into snot. That's disgusting, too. <laughs> I borrowed that once by mistake. I did not like that day. <laughs> um, if, if you'd like, you can use my powers again to hold something delicate and beautiful so you feel better about me. I mean, you know. Can I use it to squish pigeons next time we go to Earth? Just pop them? No! <laughs> no! But they're awful and they're everywhere. Pigeons are cute. They're little thieves, freeloading feathery thieves. I promise to use my powers to keep them away from you. But please don't squish them. All right. They're important for the ecosystem, probably. They're shiny and hungry and they're beautiful. And honestly, they they look a lot like my pal, Mark. All right. Well, that is a good reason not to squish them. Shouldn't squish friends. Guess we're heading to the engine room. Let's go to hell. Engine room. Yeah. Okay. So you make your way to the engine room. And I think that the combination of knowing the way from the computer and you know, that earlier role of kind of knowing what to look out for as far as any of these creatures sort of roaming the halls, you're able to get there without incident, which is convenient. But again, we do have another blast door. So whatever is happening in there is sealed away from you. And there's something interesting happening in there. So the question is, how and how loudly are you gaining entry here? to try to make contact, hopefully, with the facilitator anode and resolve whatever mission, get whatever accolades and cash might be coming your way from helping out a successful operation. It starts here. What do you do? Does this blast door seem like it is in better shape than the other ones? Like, would this one be what I could theoretically activate without smashing? You know, I'm going to say that this one is probably in worse shape. So are there like holes? Like nothing has gone all the way through, but I think this has like greater sign of its bits been taken apart for more of these creatures to use as their bodies. So you might have some angles of dismantling or otherwise kind of eliminating it rather than just like the full force. Well, if we're going to sneak, I probably should definitely shouldn't blow the door. We should probably get through it more subtly, but we might be able to do that. Are there any holes you could like trickle through? Yeah, that would be useful. Uh, are there any holes I can go in through? Can you make a hole? Sure. I can either use a force field to drill a little hole, or I can roll to conceal something, the thing being me. Um, I don't think conceal works here, but I yeah, I think a force field hole drilly kind of thing might, might kind of work. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go in there and reconnoiter. Get ready. This could be uh, completely... Silent, actually, but some dust might fly on our end. Okay. I'm going to roll for that. This seems like a slightly unusual use of force field. I I want you to roll a complication die along with this, please. Okay. And I've got a 17 and a complication. So I think that means I did it. It does mean that you did it. But you have that hole opening up. How, how How big did you go on this hole? It's about a centimeter in diameter. All right, cool. So that does mean that the toxic gases that are being invented in the engine room are leaking out into the hallway at only a very slow rate. But Lily and uh, and 
Emmett, though I guess you don't have to breathe, so this is less of a personal issue for you, sort of see, we're going to call it like poison gas green kind of venting coming out towards you that's happening in the engine room. Well, that's great. But can I smell it now? Yes. How does it smell? It smells like green poison gas. I feel like I regret this. <laughs> does it smell like delicious and we just never get to know? I mean, I appreciate the locks more now. <laughs> okay, right, yeah, right. You have smelled two things in your life, poison gas and locks, and you can now order them. <laughs> My internal raking system of sense. <laughs> All right. Now, this is not like explicitly poison, but it's, you know, uh, toxic uh, engine coolant sort of uh, vapor. Am I in? Yeah, you can go in. I, I'm, I'm going to say, uh, Emmett, you have giant fingers made of clay and then go in the hole. All right. That is true. Guess you're holding the dike today, honey. I will put a finger in there. So going into the room across, you can see that the, you know, sort of the, there's the venting of this, this coolant vapor that's actually fairly near the door. May need to deal something about that to make this a breathable, breathable atmosphere for possibly you or, or anyone. Um, but kind of going across, there are a good number of these creatures that are kind of clanking around. And like, sometimes it looks like they're almost pulling at more pieces of like the engine and stuff. Cause like, ooh, this seems cool and interesting. I want to make it a part of me, but are, are sort of like shying away at the last moment. Like they're being compelled, maybe don't destroy the engine. This is sort of an oval room and in the middle of it is the power core itself. And we're just gonna go just full on sci-fi coils of glowing amber going up and down, sort of brightness increasing, decreasing, et cetera. There's a lot of heat in the room. There's a lot of things venting. Again, the spacecraft, not in tip-top shape, really just has enough to crash into Earth at this point. But at the far kind of end of the oval, you are able to see a facilitator. And this is an artificial being, I think, the sort of crystalline uh, comes to mind. I'm actually trying not to like 100% go in on like crystal gems, but like that's <laughs> a little bit where my head is at as far as anode. And she is being restrained by various sort of hoses and wires and sort of other things. And sort of gloating in front of her is this tall person who has a fairly masculine appearance and dressed in an impeccable suit that does feel, well, you don't really know Earth fashions, so I'm not going to give you specifically a reference on this. And sort of going on and on about his plan and loving the opportunity to have a captive audience that he can gloat over, that's what you're seeing in coming into this room. And they don't see me because I'm a gas. Yeah, and there's, again, a lot of vapor and other stuff. You're incredibly well-concealed. It seems pretty clear who's the bad guy here. It's nice and straightforward, at least. Yeah, the problem is that if I try to take the bad guy out myself without dealing with all of the, the, the gas leaks, I won't be able to get help from my allies because if they come into the room, they're going to be poison gassed. Some of them anyway. Is there any way I can deal with the gas leak before surprising suit man? I don't know. Can you keep matter from moving from one place to another? Well, why don't I draw three power cards to see if any of the I can make it work powers would allow me to do that? Okay. Yeah. If you don't want to 
pick up on that. Force field. I mean, I can have use a force field, but then I'd have to go out of particle form, wouldn't I? I don't know. I don't know how your stuff works. I pretty much have to use my powers at once, so I think you can do both at the same time. Oh, sure, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought I was mechanically unable to use force fields while in particle form, but that's not part of the character concept. I thought that was a mechanical thing. No, I mean, so once we get into like the turns and stuff, if you want to be particle form for more than one turn, you're going to need to make it a long-lasting effect. Okay. And I'll also just say that like between using a force field and mechanically constructing a device, I'm much more willing to say that you can do the first one in particle form than the second valid, one. Valid, <laughs> valid. Okay, well, I'm going to stop the toxic gas leak then. Wonderful. Okay, do we need to roll for that or does it just happen? Yeah, let's 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 roll for that. I think that you can do it. The question is, does anyone notice? Okay. I believe in you. So that is a zero four. That is the number four. Okay, so you yeah, a, a nice force field. Well, you describe it, actually. You see, I'm still in particle form, but there are two panels that show the air getting thicker and darker around the two pipes that are leaky. Mm-hmm. And the pipes then get really shiny. Pencilers done the same thing, but they're inked differently to show that there is transparent covering over them so they're not leaking. And then there's one more panel that takes in the whole room, but there's almost none of the green stuff in it because it stopped leaking. Okay, it's safe to go in. How are we making an entrance? I don't think we're doing this subtly. Emmett Smash? Yeah, I I think it's Smash time, sweetie. All right, let's do another super strength roll. Yeah. That is a 34. That succeeds. Describe this panel, and then we're going to get some real action. The panel is from the interior of the room. It's a panel of just the door. Then it's a panel of like, there's like a, um, a sound effect boom bubble. And then there is the doors are like, there's a big dent in the door and clay fists coming through and then pushing them aside. And there I am with Lily and Elle behind me <laughs> and going boom. So very dramatic pose. That's great. What does Lily look like over uh, Emmett's shoulder? Uh, Roughly about as amused as she generally does. Great deal of glowering going on. (laughs) Love it. That's kind of her default expression. The penciler hates me. (laughs) Oh, no. You gave me one traditional alien chick I could draw doing alien chick things, and she always looks like she smelled something bad. (laughs) All right. So we are now going to go into a conflict scene. There is going to be fighting. There is going to be complications. There's going to be objectives that you're struggling over. And here's how it goes. So I've got an initiative track that I've made up randomly. So every round, we are going to re-randomize this. For y'all, I've got a little spreadsheet across. You're going to be first. Uh, Lily is third, etc. And the villain actually gets a handful of entries in the initiative. So they're going to go once for each of you. There are also two squads of these minions that we've seen here, these, uh, you know, interdimensional wisp groundhog crab creatures. And there are five of them right now in each of those two groups. As you hit them, those numbers are going to dwindle. There is a complication happening right now, and that is to rescue Anode. So this is a two-tick complication to try to free her and, you know, her health does not look great, but, you know, if she's still tied up when the ship explodes, it's going to be terrible. And then the main thing we're looking at is this objective. So you have an opposed objective with our villain. You each have three ticks on this box. Yours is to somehow destroy the ship, 
causing uh, a, a breach of the engine core or something along those lines. What they're going to be trying to do is shut down, or sort of engage enough of the emergency mechanisms to keep the engine from overheating so that the ship can continue on its course. Whichever of you gets to three check marks on that first achieves what they're trying to do. Now, as a note, your objective does end with the ship exploding. So there will probably be some, you know, frantic running, et cetera, uh, once that happens. But does anyone have any questions kind of starting into this? I am not sure whether this would be a thing I pick up in initiative or whether it's a coming in, but does the villain have any powers I can steal? Ah, yes, they do. And so I think that I'll probably describe them a little bit more. On their turn. Yeah, when they kind of get into it. But yes, there will be something. Okay, cool. You all have 100 resistance. The villain has thrice that amount. And also, you now all get your hero points. So across, I believe you start with one hero point. Lily, you get three. And Emmett, you get two. You can use these hero points. This is sort of at the bottom of your sheet. But you can use them to perform team-up maneuvers or to lower the difficulty of checks as you're making them. I've made the initiative track. Let me just see, do any of you have any team abilities, team role that would affect the track? And it looks like no. So we're playing this as it lies. And yeah, okay. There is the big crash as the blast door is torn apart by Emmett. Our villain, the figure, whirls around. And from across the room, you're starting to get a picture of who this is, though it's not like you recognize them. But again, you can sort of see through the, through the fog and, and vapors and that kind of thing. They're a person who is, again, somewhat masculine appearance, mid-40s-ish, absolutely gorgeous. And on that, you can agree. But probably if, like, afterwards, you kind of, like, took notes on, like, hey, what did they look like? The details would probably be different. They're called the figure. So actually, they're um, let's let's why don't we give them names? So they're they're the advocate, and they may tell you that if you give them an opportunity to monologue. And the other feeling that you get off of them is one of of being almost indescribably old. In sort of been around for for just you know millennia, and it's almost as if sort of their handsomeness, and it's it's like a sense of almost like a porcelain, animated porcelain mask of just any imperfection has almost been worn away. And they're making angry eyes at you because you just interrupted their whole deal. And as the sort of cheering and rustling of these minions are starting to like react to people in the room, and as Anode's eyes look with a glimmer of hope for the first time in probably days, Across, you get the first slot on the initiative. You're kind of back at the door. I think we're going to start this out with you not in particle form, sort of materializing so we can get a good hero pose of the three of you. But Across, what do you do? I have a, a mechanical question. Sure. I think if I rescue Anode, they might be able to help us. Maybe, since they're a facilitator and those guys are usually powerful. Mm -hmm. So my instinct is rescue Anode first. Okay. Is there any reason that would be dumb that's visible to me. So, I mean, certainly rushing over towards Anode, you are going to be going, be in very, very close quarters with the advocate. And there's actually a, so range in this game is also fairly abstracted. You can be up close, mm -hmm. which is literally like grappling, punching range, near, 
and far. Am I near the advocate and anode or am I far? We're going to say that right now, when you're at one end of the rim and they're at the other, that's going to be far. Oh, okay. The other thing is, if you are up close to an enemy, you're not able to progress a complication or objective. So right now, the advocate is up close to anode. So if you were to also go over and be there, you have to get the advocate out of the way because otherwise they would be interfering. What I want to do if I can, yeah, and if I can do it without poison gassing everybody, because I, I, I'm hoping I've just sealed the pipes. Yeah, we're just going to go with that. Crinkle them shut. Okay, I've sealed the pipes with my force fields. I would like to be able to use my force fields to free anode, to just use them as scoops to scoop away whatever is restraining or confining anode so that she can get free of his grip. Okay. And I think that's a ranged attack. Um... What I'm going to say, so it's not an attack. This is just going to be a use of your power. Because of the distance, I will uh, ask you to to roll some complication dice. Mm -hmm. But you could definitely do this to progress one of the elements on the anode complication. And I do have an artillerist skill with ranged attacks. That is a team roll. But this is not going to be an attack. Okay, so no one cares. That's fine. One complication die and just to roll my force shield power. Yes, actually, challenge die. I'm sorry, I'm using the wrong terminology, but yes, a challenge die. Yeah, okay. So these are these kind of giant clear, the anchor draws clear lines. It's like if if you see Sue Storm using her powers, it's like that. Okay, trying to get some of those restraints, slice through them, et cetera. Yeah, they look like ice cream scoops. And that is a 21 on the dice. All right. But I did get a complication. Okay, looking at our complication things. Again, you're across the room. You have to sort of look a little bit maybe move something. You project this force field. You see that like some of the restraints on her are are sliced through, but you're paying attention over there. You're not necessarily paying attention next to you. And so this just blast of hot vapor from a nearby vent gets you for 10 resistance. Ouch. Of that complication or off of that, uh, excuse me, that drawback. <laughs> a lot of a lot of synonyms for for problem in this game. Uh-huh. Keeping them all straight. Anyway, you rolled challenge dice, you got a drawback, and that's why you're taking 10 damage to your resistance. But for advancing the complication to rescue Anode, you do get a hero point. Oh, okay. So that now goes up to two. That means we are now moving on to squad number one of these minions. And because across you sort of moved first and made yourself a little bit more noticeable. They are going to come after you. I've got a little sheet for them and I can roll for them. They have a powerful attack, but it only has a 40% chance of success. Woo! Woo. Which they do get. So they rolled a 13. Mm-hmm. And so based on kind of the way that the, the probabilities and the resist- resistance stuff works in this game, that means you're taking 13 damage plus 20. Plus 20? Yeah, it's, it's, it's powerful. And so the way that it's powerful is, so they're coming in and, and they're, they're, some of them are sort of surrounding you and, and, and attacking you with these, again, these pieces they've stolen from the spaceships. But it's not just the physical hit of this that hurts. It's that as that matter makes contact with your matter, you're feeling almost this 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 sucking and almost loss of i mean you, you can't tell like i control my particles but like it's this this feeling that the thing that is animating these creatures is taking trying to take some of your matter based on this contact and that is what is making this so powerful 
As the tank, can I spend a hero point to um, reduce the damage by 30? Go for it. Yeah, so I see them coming, and I'm going to just, like, throw an arm out and um, not quite clothesline them, because I don't think that they have the right, like, anatomy, Mm -hmm. but um, just sort of shoulder away the brunt of the attack. And, I mean, if it's 23, then... um, or 33 altogether, right? Yep. So I guess three are still going to get through, but my skin is clay and and I'm um, transformed into my really big form. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to be like, send them skittering to the side. Love that. Love that. Okay. Tank. Solid golem action right there. So now we go over to Lily and I'm going to tell you this up front. You are feeling some telepathic vibes off of our villain here, the advocate. You think that maybe that's uh that's a power that they have that you could mimic. That that's nice. I don't really have a use for that right now. But that's horrifying. I don't like that at all. So Anode is still restrained. Yes. Are the restraints metal? Um I would say that probably some of them are. Again, they're 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 crudely fashioned over the things in the engine room. But I don't know anything about engine rooms. If I just start ripping shit free in an engine room, I'm going to kill us all. I mean, destroying the ship is one of the goals. Not while we're on it. <laughs> on it bad. I could probably get us safely back in a force field. Okay. Probably. I'm going to borrow magnetism and try to uh, just rip the rest of the uh, restraints free without ripping them through anode. So yeah, 80% uh, 80% uh, magnetism. And that is a 79. So just made it, but it still kicked in. Yes. I glare at the wall for a minute and then basically just emulate Emmett. It's like watching your drunk friend make fun of you at a party. It's like, <laughs> I don't look like that. Yeah, y'all do. <laughs> so is this actually how your powers work or are you just mimicking me while activating them? That is basically how my powers work. I'm mimicking you while activating them because I don't want to keep them long enough to learn how to activate them as me. All right. Well, that is successful. So you get a hero point. And so the the other restraints, again, getting her other other arm or other limbs. Um, yeah, she probably has more than one, more than two limbs. You know, come on, constructed space being. Let's let's go for it. Woo! Six total limbs. It's a good number. On anode, and they're all free. And she drops down. And I think that at this point you realize how hurt she is and the things that you hear about facilitators and it's like oh they have this amulet that has the powers that they got from the intelligence she doesn't seem to be displaying the abilities to now go be super heroic she is a a hurt individual but you have absolutely rescued rescued her but probably is not going to be able to provide physical or powerful assistance, but, you know, probably moral, emotional, and informational as this scene progresses. She falls down and is is sort of coughing. She's bracing herself. And the advocate is sort of glowering there and says, no matter. And he spins around. At this point, he sort of starts coming towards all of you sort of across the room. And he kind of calls out, who dares interfere with the plans of the advocate? And I think that the letters folks had fun with the treatment of the word advocate. And, you know, there, there might have even worked a gavel in there. Who knows? And, like, that's also when you get a hit of that telepathy. Like, he has underscored the announcement of his name into your brains just as— just The Earth Pigeon Protection Society dares! 
You have not paid the fines or filed the permits to destroy the planet where we keep our pigeons. Do you know how much money you would owe us? Do you know how much money you owe us right now for beginning a demolishment project without pre-filing your permits? I would like payment in full before you leave this engine room, sir. This does seem like a good way to fight the advocate. They say, um... I didn't actually hear you. You froze for a second. I basically yelled so hard, everyone froze. We, we were uh, we, we were stunned with laughter and joy. <laughs> it was actually... Uh, so their response is, if you want to tangle, try to tangle me up with red tape, you have uh, coming across quite a formidable adversary. But I will tell you, what papers can you serve from the burning fires of hell? I think you will be startled by how good I am at paperwork. And I have a 90% to convince this guy of that. <laughs> And I have a two. Okay. <laughs> this is amazing. All right. You have 100% convinced them that you are incredible at paperwork. They're startled. <laughs> They've been startled. Yeah. So why don't we sort of do it like, a, like a, a bit taken aback? Give me my money. I think that in that case, then all I can possibly do is make sure that none of you leave this spaceship alive. And you are free, if you would like, to join me in our journey back to Earth. and. End your days there, or we can do it here in this engine room. I'm not picky. Bless your heart. All right. We are moving on to Minion Squad 2. You know, they're gonna t- they're gonna take advantage, Lily, of of your talking. That's all right. They're gonna try to uh surround you and hit you with metal things that they have. So this again is that 40% chance of success power. Whew, they rolled an 88. So what I want you to describe is how do you avoid their blows in a cool superhero or just glowery way? So I am very focused on the fact that I have convinced this man that he needs to pay me if he wants to continue his evil plot. And I am basically carrying my way toward him, like not striding, but those little mincing steps that angry Karens at the grocery store take toward the manager just pointing so hard that the minions keep swatting at where I just was. I would like to speak to the manager of your evil plan. Well, we are now going to go to his his turn. Mm-hmm. Let's see. He, I mean, he is, he is trying to do a couple things. One of them is keep the ship from exploding too early. But, you know, you're just fun. You're a peach. You've got his attention. I sure do. Avenge me. So his power is telepathy. So when we talk about like his attacks and that kind of thing, this is all telepathic stuff. Mm-hmm. I think he's go- he's probably going to try to go for this. He's like, "You want me to pay you? How would it feel to be drowning in cash?" And he's just like putting these. You know, he's not able to like take total control of your senses or that kind of thing, but putting in these images and feelings of just like, "Ooh, I got a bunch of money." And now it's pouring over me. And now, oh my God, oh my God, I'm, you know, it's physically like, so he's, he's evoking horrible feeling ideas in order to lower your resistance Mm -hmm. and rolls with a 75% chance. Uh, That's a 92. So y'all are describing my second grade field trip. They take us (laughs) to the treasury and they drown us in money so that we understand what it will feel like to be successful. You want to be frightening? You want to be villainous? You need to figure your shit out and pay me. All right. Um, Okay, so unsuccessful (laughs) from the advocate. And moving on to Emmett, you are up close to some of the, uh, a squad of five 
of these interdimensional matter wraiths. Uh, what do you do? I, you know, I think I'm going to try and squish them. Good choices. Emmett, would you like some help from About Biting, who has the ability to teamwork with you? Yeah, I do. How does that work? Whatever you do, mm-hmm. explain how About Biting will help you, and uh, you can add two advantage dice to that roll. Sweet. I think that About Biting is going to fly into, well, I guess the minions don't really have faces, I assume. Do they have faces? Uh, not really. Probably got a pretty sweet rope-a-dope, though, with a floating manta ray. Yeah, mm. I think kind of like a, a one-two punch type thing. Okay. And one of the punches, like, it sort of it, it distracts, sort of, because they're like, oh, no, a thing is flying at my face. Ah! Except for that actually they are ducking away into my fist. Good choices. Yes. Using the strength here. Yep. I got an, oh, 85 and no advantage. And I think this was my... What is my 70% power? Yeah. No luck. Oh, no. I'm going to say that probably like, you, you know, your, your, your combination of trying to use a, a manta ray involved in your fighting, it's just maybe y- y- y'all need to just practice that one a little <laughs> bit more, I, I think. And it just ends up you're punching, the wraiths are, are dodging. It's, it ends up, you know, no damage for anyone. So now let's go to the advocate's turn. And either I'm his nemesis or he wants to focus on someone that's not fucking me. I think that you have completely wounded his pride. And so, like, I don't have time for you kind of thing, Mm -hmm. but is also in the same way of because I can't deal with you (laughs) because that's hard. I'm going to go over here. So the advocate sort of stomps back over to near the engine core and there's sort of some terminals there. They're still online. Anode is, you know, catching her her breath and is still shaky on the floor. And the advocate looks down at her and he says, your attempt to blow the core is going to be completely unsuccessful once I finish getting the safety overrides engaged. And so he turns to the computer and starts sort of pushing some things and trying to get that trying to activate some of those. So he is going to try to advance his side of the opposed objective with a 75% chance of success. Got an 80 from across the room. Cause like he's sort of facing you. This is kind of on the other side, but you see like red light kind of illuminate his face. That's very much a, like a denied kind of thing. And he slams his fist down on the machine and says, you've locked me out, but I'm going to try again once I have a little bit more breathing room. And with that, his next attack, this is going to be against a cross. Okay. And it says, you're, you're the first one in this room. You're going to be the first one to die. And so we're going to get a telepathic psychic attack. And this one does succeed. It's a 14. Mm. What if one were a telepathic villain? What, would they go, what, what angle would they be trying to take in a cross's brain, Steph? It's, a, it's like a 14 points of damage kind of bad feeling. I think it would be the feeling that a cross has already failed and no one will ever trust her again. As a courier, as an allo, she's just seen as a as a failure and she has to struggle through that that sense that she's already failed. The panel is just her face contorted in sadness mm-hmm. with her head in her hands. And I, and I think the advocate says, and you're going to fail here too. That's the end of the round. So I'm going to shuffle these up and we're going to see how things are going to go next round. Okay, Minion Squad 2, which I believe was, that was going after Lily. 
Uh, I think they have very little reason not to try again. So, oof, but they did roll too high, Lily. Um, Y'all can go now. I've seen you, and I've got better things to worry about. Just keep mincing toward the villain. Just glaring. He is now kicking my allies. Only I kick my allies. (laughs) Minion Squad won over by Emmett. And that is, oh, 37. So that is going to... That is going to hit, and that is going to be 57 damage. I can use my tank roll to to reduce the damage by 30 for myself as well. Of course, then I'll be out of hero points, but... Well, maybe it's time to try to advance an objective, but uh, if you want to, yeah. Yes, I will try to advance an objective next time. Well, at my turn. (laughs) Okay, so so you're you're doing that? I mean, I'm made of clay. I'm going to like... Do I roll for my transformation for that? I mean, I guess... This is just narratively, how do you avoid this, I think. Yeah, okay. Then narratively, like, just the clay will be... Will just get a little harder where they're trying to bite me. So they do hit me, but it's like I managed... It doesn't do as much damage as they would have wanted. Yeah, and I think when we talk about sort of their their matter kind of extraction and, and tugging stuff, hey, you're already, like, transmuted whatever. Like, you lose some molecules of clay. Like, it's not... Yeah. I'm not going to bleed. Cool. Now, the amount of min- damage that minions can do is going to go down as their group size goes down. So if you're able to to hit them. Across, you are up next. So my chief goal here is to try to do some damage to the ship to get this this uh, ruined ship closer to self-destructing. Because I'm, I'm seeing that now. Okay. It's got a lot of hot, pressurized, electrified, or dangerous parts. And what I'd love to do is to use the environment in a creative way okay. in order to simultaneously try to hurt the advocate and tear apart the ship. For example, if I could use some force fields to whack apart some of the engine in a way that sent a hot or, or dangerous part hurtling toward the advocate, can I get a two for one that way or not really? So pick one that you want. You, you've already given me pitches for how you're using the environment, right? And, and so you're going to get to roll some advantage dice on this. Okay. And so it would be the boons off the advantage dice that could satisfy the other outcome. Mm-hmm. That was what I was hoping you'd say. The most important thing here is to stop the ship from reaching Earth. Because Earth was cool. They have vanilla beans. Just to check something while you're rolling mechanically, a cross, if she envelops something, can make it gaseous with her, right? Yeah. Okay. Are you suggesting that I use particle form to make the engine core gaseous? Uh, Not necessarily this turn, but I'm suggesting possibly a team-up maneuver next turn where we just have, you know, amp up your power and have you wrap the engine core. But it's too late for your action. I love that idea, and it would never it would never occur to a cross to to try to any more than you'd put like a flaming pool of gasoline in your pocket. But yeah. if you suggest that, I'll do it. Right now, though, I'm gonna take a bunch of hot wires and try to slice it out of the engine core and send it towards the advocate with another one of those ice cream scoops. And while I say that, while I do that, the the word balloon says, "If this is what the advocate looks like now, I'm canceling my subscription." <laughs> oh. <laughs> And we get one angry letter for inappropriately timed pop culture references. Yeah, amazingly familiar with Earth magazines. I mean, I went to a newsstand while I was there and bought like 30 magazines. It had one of the <laughs> perfume-like things in the middle, right? You know? Earth is scratch and sniff. It's so great. I had such high hopes. So the bad news is uh, I rolled an 83, but I got a boon. Okay. 
You only got one boon? You told me to only roll one boon die. Should I roll two? No, yeah, yeah, you roll two. Okay. Roll two boon dice. Using the environment in a creative way is two advantage dice. Okay. I only got one boon. That does not give you enough to progress a complication. So let's see. You know what I'm going to give you? You, 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 you pull, you know, you get some of this hot, is it, so it's like a, is there like a chunk of metal moving or kind of what, what exactly? It's a whole bunch of hot wires. This, this okay. giant mess of, of hot wires. Advocate ducks out of the way and is like, ha ha. But I think that some of those wires hit minion squad one. Okay. And you see one of the minions just, just discorporate. <clears throat> so minion squad one is now down to four, which means that it's, it's max damage is now, it's going to kept at 60. Then we go over to, to the advocate. And I think he's just going to maniacal laughter at you across uh, for missing him while he attempts to re-engage the, the safety things. And I think that like he has to duck down. He's trying to go to like an access panel sort of underneath. So I think like he pops up now and again to like try to get the like the ha 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 like so you can hear it. And it's like it's going down underneath to work. And so this is uh, 75%. Oh my goodness. My dude cannot fix a spaceship. 97. Lawyers. Uh, so that didn't happen. Uh, which now leads to Lily's turn. All right. So power mimicry, when I can make checks and attacks using someone else's power, uses my power mimicry's chance of success, which is 90. But I have the skill of goad. If I am trying to upset him so much that he is not thinking logically, that's an 80% chance. If I roll under 80, can I get a goad? I want to borrow his telepathy. Okay. And basically, if I, if I succeed in hitting, I want to goad him so bad that he is no longer making good choices and really will not be able to work on the computer. Okay. I have to not only roll under a 90, I have to roll under an 80. And that is a 77. You are, you're just like right on the line on these. It's great. Oh, honey, I really appreciate that in your home society, you were such a failure that this is the only thing you can think of to do with yourself. Your mama would be so disappointed if she wasn't disappointed in you already. She'd been disappointed in you since you came into existence. Your daddy don't even acknowledge you exist. And any other relations you got are so busy scraping you off the bottom of their fucking shoes that they ain't never going to know what you did. Your name gonna be forgotten. It don't matter if this ship explodes no one is ever going to remember a single thing you did that was worth talking about why don't you just get the hell off our ship and go away (laughs) (laughs) they are so totally outmatched by that that you just get just this intense so it's it's now the advocate's turn and so we're just going to like respond into the goad completely successful they are not trying to do anything with engine right now and just like like almost tears streaming down from their, you know, perfect eyes over their perfect cheeks. Just, that's not true. And just, you know, like best comeback they could come up with. Good job. Um, and and it's it's that true that they're now trying to just, just like ice pick into your brain as this attack damage. And the roll on it is... Oh, it's oh. on the floor. Honey, it ain't nice. That don't mean it ain't true. <laughs> Uh, so 52 okay that does land to some degree and so you are taking 52 resistance and he just took 77 resistance so yeah advocate is at 233 lily you're at 48 and we're now going over to emmett's turn i saw what across was doing with like the taking apart the ship and i think that's a good idea since we do want it to explode so I'm going to use my magnetic powers to try and, like, 
I don't know if there's a probably something important looking, some sort of part of the engine. I want to take it as a club. Like I want to use my magnetic powers to bring it to me and then probably start using it as a club to whack minion squad. So I don't know if that would be this turn. Okay. Initial goal is to trying to tear parts of the ship to get the objective. Yes. Let's roll an advantage die uh, on this one. And I think that whether or not there's a boon is going to say whether or not you now get a fun club to use. One advantage die, right? Yeah. Do, 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 uh, do one. I got a four and no advantage. Okay. So you have successfully pulled something. I don't know. There's probably like magnetic containment uh, is part of this. Um, Interrupting that might be good. You have advanced the objective by one. I think that whatever you you pull, like, as it's torn out, there's maybe a blast of plasma that just fries it. Uh, the room is getting hotter, so you don't get your club, but you do get your hero point, and y'all are one step closer to blowing up the ship. Yes. The advocate sees that, and now the advocate can only advance a complication or objective once per turn successfully. They have not successfully advanced their objective, so they are going to try again, knowing that, like, things are more dangerous now. They've they've run over to, there's just a big red button on the wall and they're just starting to hammer it more and more. Yeah. Maybe this will work. That definitely shows how smart you are. And I think probably Anode is just like smiling to herself. The fun thing about percentile dice is that three zeros is a hundred, mm-hmm. <laughs> which means that they are unsuccessful in this attempt to. All right. End of round two. While I still have his telepathy, I want a free action, just comment to a cross, you know, in her head. So he's not hearing me. Yeah. I'll light you up next time you're getting ready to attack. Just let me know. On it. Uh, let's see. Minion Squad 2, which is, I think this is Emmett, I think this is your team of minions. They're going after you. Rude. And with that one, big time. Like, what? I made a clay. Like, what do you expect? <laughs> uh, so you get a response. You're next on the initiative order. Yeah, I feel like I'm just like looking at it. With, it's like a dog trying to bite a stick. And I'm just looking at it like, what do you expect? And I just want to smash it against the wall. So that's super strength. I want to just go gwonk. Like, take it and smash it on the wall behind me. Okay. Yeah. Take an advantage die for that. Cause I love that. <laughs> All right. But so Ooh. this is just a super strength attack. Yes. 23 and no advantage. With a hit for minions, you just, we just lower their, uh, lower their size and move on to the villain, the advocate who is like, like they're in, they're in tears right at this point. Like their confidence in their incredibly long life has been shaken, oh. and the things they're trying to do are not working. And at the very least, at least like they haven't lost yet, and have have are are digging around in a panel for another way to progress this thing. Thirty three. That at least is a success. They find like a breaker and reset it, and. We hear like a like a like a little bit of a powering down kind of sound, and you know the the lights on the engine core kind of dim. They were sort of in this overactive, and they're kind of coming down under levels. And they have progressed their side of the objective. They get to go again, and with glee, they're now reinvigorated and re-excited. They're going to round back on Lily mm-hmm. and say. You see, I, I can be successful. You can. I can do things. Sure, honey. I can do 
Lots of things. I'm sure. They're actually, they're rolling some complication or some challenge dice in this because they're overcoming their fears and that's hard. (laughs) I am your fears, but I'm also very squishy. So I think this is about to end badly for me. Yep. Well, so they got a 66, but with uh, both of the challenges came up. So this is, I think, going down to a... um, going to be down to a, a 56 uh, of damage. Which is still going to take me down. As support, I cannot prevent my own damage, so. But I have my hero point back. Describe this, Emmett. Is this a psychic ac- attack? It's a psychic attack made by someone with a physical body that you could tackle. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I think that's basically what I'm going to do then. All right. I see, like, the the focus, and, like, he, he does seem reinvigorated from his success, and I'm annoyed in general, so, yeah, I'm just going to go charge, tackle him to the ground and, you know, disrupt his focus enough that it does 30 less damage. Okay. So that's then a a 36 or 26. Okay. And a 26, I am still standing. Thank you, Emmett. You're welcome. You're terrifying. Be glad I like you. (laughs) We're moving to Across's turn. So for amping up Across's powers, does Across have to hold to my turn or do I just spend what would have been my turn early? doing a team. Um, I think it is then on on your turn, you get to activate a cross. Okay. So y'all get two bites at this. Because Lily has to augment, I have to wait for Lily's turn for that to happen. So I should do yeah. something else right now. You got your turn now to do something. So the time token comes off my companion. Got two more checks on the objective here. Yeah. I would like to... First, I want to draw three cards from my deck of powers to see what my options are. Okay. Because maybe one of those will be even better than hacking at the energy core again. Oh, that's cool. I can use a power called corrosion with my I can make it work. Oh. I can adjust devices in the environment, presumably coolant and heating pipes. Yes, love it. In order to damage the propulsion system and slow or stop the machine. Okay. So you're going to you're gonna uh, jury rig something to do corrosion. And when I use this power on non-living matter, which is what I'm trying to do, mm-hmm. I can re-roll any advantage dice that I roll once keeping the second result. But I don't know that I have any advantage dice on this. Or maybe I do. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll give you um, I'll give you some advantage dice for this one. Sure. Yes. Okay. I am using my environment. Okay. I'm, I'm going to just announce that... I'm just going to say I found some pipes that aren't broken yet, and I'm going to pull them down and cross the streams so that they create a toxic reagent that will corrode away a whole bunch of their propulsion mechanism to stop the ship. Take two advantage dice on this one. I also want you to roll a challenge dice on this because this also seems like super dangerous. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I mean, we can't let the ship hit Earth. Maybe if we get knocked out of combat, she'll have time to force field us all before we suffocate. This is true. Yeah. Okay. And so we're going to advance the objective. That's one challenge, two advantage, and the normal percentage dice. This should be an 80% chance of just working. And uh, what have we got there? We've got a 56, one boon, and no one advantage and no challenge. Okay. And uh, I get to re-roll the advantage dice that came up blank to see if I get another one. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I've got two advantages now. Yay! You get a hero point. We've advanced the objective. Like, more things are, 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 are coming apart in this engine. Like, whatever breaker thing sort of was reset by the advocate, it almost feels like that has been lost and more things are 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 going brighter as important hoses are corroding and 
more vapor is being let out into this room. So with those two boons, I don't want to use them to complete this objective because uh, I think we we want narratively to, to go a little further on this. So my go-to would be like to restore some resistance. And the question is, Lily, as a character, are you going to be buoyed by these successes enough to like regain some of your resistance and ability to fight? Does that sort of match? I want the thing to explode, so yeah. Okay, so it's like, all right, we, you know, you're you're really hurting, but like mm-hmm. with this happening, it feels like success is within y'all's grasp, and so uh, let's use those to uh, to put twenty more resistance on you, bring you up to forty two. Cool, thank you. All right, let's see what that happens if a cross survives, because let me tell you, your shenanigans with corrosive material has drawn the ire of none other than the advocate. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> this this that fucking guy. guy. <laughs> okay. And so he's uh, training a telepathic attack on you. And whoa, 95. Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it turns out that like trying to give you a mental image of just being exploded into a billion particles, that's like lunchtime for you, right? So <laughs> complete whiff. He's lost perspective <laughs> over what is psychically terrifying to people, and it's really to his detriment. <laughs> Coming back to Lily, this is this is your tune. Let's go for it. What do you got? I'm gonna I'm just gonna turn across all the way up to eleven. But, you know, unlike the normal routine where I would just glare at her, I'm going to keep glaring at the advocate while I turn her up. Because fuck him. Yeah. Do I roll now? So according to the way the power works, we're performing the maneuver. So you're going to roll using your chance of percentage of, of success on gaseous form, but you're going to get four advantage dice. So my gaseous form power chance of success is 70. Please roll well. I'm working on it. So technically, it is the augmentation chance of success, but that's also 70. So we're good. Also good. That is a zero six. I got a zero zero and a six. And holy, holy, wow, wow. I got uh, all four advantages. Phase out that core. We're all going to die. If you get four advantages, Mm -hmm. you now have the opportunity to take the spotlight. Okay. And at this point, there is not quite so much mechanically that this will be helpful, but let me just bring this up. Uh, According to the rules, this represents your hero stepping to the forefront and becoming the focal point of the scene. That tracks. And something exceptional happens to your hero, and this should be reflected in their appearance. So this is the going binary uh, kind of element. Yeah, it's just amazing times. So this augmented gaseous person is going to succeed in this scene. And so, Steph, you've got the spotlight. Tell us what happens. Bring it home. Okay, so what's happening here is that having been augmented enough to fold into myself and render particulate things that I would not ordinarily be able to encompass, I pocket and render gaseous the energy core of the ship. This makes the ship stop. It also means that the ship is going to come apart soon because that destroys the ship. The cool stuff here, the accomplishment is saving everyone. And before I know exactly what this looks like, I want to know whether a cross would know anything about the advocate, whether, for example, it seems like the advocate is a cosmic entity is probably hard to kill and also wants to end planets because immortal, whatever. So 
I'm not going to worry about whether he lives or dies. He'll be fine. Probably he'll come back in 30 issues or something. It's jerk, whatever. That is true. Having been augmented in one way by Lily's augmentation and in another by taking the dying power core into myself, I am able to do two things I couldn't normally do at the same time or in the same turn. One is to scoop up everybody likable here. Bye, I'll miss (laughs) y'all. Hey, I like you. I like everyone who's not a supervillain. Come on. I am eternally optimistic, generous, and, uh, you know, charitable towards my grumpy, glaring teammates. And you know that. (laughs) I scoop up Lily about biting the wounded anode L. L's not there. Where is L? L just vanished at some point. Oh, no. Just continue. Continue. Keep going. <laughs> Do you have any idea where L was? L was with us the last time I checked. Yeah, L has not been participating in the scene. Just keep keep with your description. No, you do you. If I can't find L, then that's really sad, but what can I do? Everyone I see, including the wounded anode and the whole team, including, of course, about, into a force field. I'm going to take it from here. I think what we're going to get is y'all bubbled, and there are fiery explosions on the ship as the core is, you know, going Nova. As some of these interdimensional sort of weird creature things making their incursions, getting their stuff, as they are dying en masse, it's like like getting into like whole ripped in space type territory. Mm-hmm. You're sort of putting together that like, that was the plan all along, but that was supposed to happen on Earth, not way out here. He really don't like visions. And so bits of the spaceship and the advocate himself are sucked away into that. You are a bubbled, but as this is uh, as this fire and other stuff is happening, Hunklet comes in and airlock door opens and L is there and has a get in losers we're going back to earth kind of man. Thank you, L. Oh, what's your favorite food right now? Trout. It's always trout. How do you feel about dried trout? Disgusting. But you know what? Whatever. They they run over to Anode and are like, I helped rescue you. Like they're trying to kind of get the some of the glory from this, but Anode is instead wants to talk to the three of you and says, My power is at an end. I've I passed my power crystal on. It's actually heading towards Earth. I was hoping a worthy hero could find it because I I knew it, I couldn't keep it on the ship anymore. So my time in this universe is going away. You have the blessing of the great facilitator. And I think that she sort of gives you like little tokens, like the, I help save the world sticker equivalent that the facilitators <laughs> hand out. My parents can't be so proud. Yeah. Is it an actual sticker? Please say it's an actual sticker. I think it's sticky. I think it's made of metal, but it is sticky so you can wear it. Cool. And she says, I can't, I can't thank you enough. Is there a ritual you want us to perform? Her crystalline structure starts, you know, we're going to, we're going to get, we're going to get like sweet on this one and start sort of decomposing. And it's like fireflies kind of, and then they flicker out. Oh, oh, the pencilist really hates us. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, and Elle says, sorry, I kind of stole your ship again. Um, For what it's worth, your ship, it really responds to this. And they do like the absolute adorable, like cat face, big eye kind of thing. And that was how they uh, overrode the ship's insistence that only you should steal it. Good job, Hunklet. You did the right thing. 
That is the end of this issue of Spectaculars. Shana, Shannon, thank you so much for playing this with us. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for having us. This was so much fun. Well, we are going to be back. We're going to talk about this game, talk about this system in the back matter. But until then, let's leave those, you know, where where you can find me, where you want to chat, all those things on the internet. Shana, where are where can you be found? So I am Shana Jean H on most sites, mostly TikTok and newly Mastodon, um, where I am Shana Jean H at Bobka.social. <laughs> that tracks. Yeah, right. I'm, which I guess you can see in the show notes. I talk about queer books mostly and sci-fi and fantasy and random miscellany. All right. Shannon, where can people find you online? If you can spell my first name, you can find me. There are literally, uh, I think, 11 Seanan McGuire's in the world. All of the others are my cousins. They live in Ireland and are sheep farmers. So the odds are very good that you will be locating me if you can spell my name. Up until this point in time, I have mostly been on Twitter. As Twitter is breaking down like our ship more and more every day, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't know how much longer that's going to last. Uh, even everything else aside, if I can't get my messages or my mentions, we're kind of stuck. So mostly right now, you can find me either at my website, which is seananmcguire.com, or you can find me on Tumblr, where about once a week, someone figures out that I am actually, in fact, Seanan McGuire, which is really funny. Apparently, they think I am just the single most committed super fan that has ever supered a fan, <laughs> which, you know, is kind of cute, but also kind of perplexing because it's not like I pretend to be someone other than myself. Except we just did for four hours and it was great. True. But that's different. <laughs> I have a question about our team name, because mm -hmm. when you called us the Earth Pigeon Protection Society... Was that written like a logo? I mean, almost certainly because I was trying to convince the guy, but... Uh, Is that our team name now? You should not go with anything Lily says as our team <laughs> name, or you will wind up the Pigeon Protection Society. I don't know. I'm okay with that. I, I think a cross would not would not mind. All right. That is, that is now on the cover of this issue. Pigeon Protection Society. Yeah. All right. So again, thank you so much. Stephanie, you have a good time? Yes. Good. <laughs> An exceptionally, a spectacular good time. There you spectacularly go. Spectacularly good. Good. That's the get the right name for your superlatives. Yeah. So we'll back with Back Matter next week. Take care, pals. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And that's it for this week. Join us next week for the Back Matter, when, of course, we're going to discuss Spectaculars and we're going to give out some comic book recommendations. But also, we took the time to chat with Shannon about some of her favorite and most memorable TTRPG stories, you're not going to want to miss this. If you're not subscribed, do it now. Just, just go ahead. Good. You know, I'll be, I'll be here. Yeah, good. Okay, cool. This run, we've been playing Spectaculars, designed by Rodney Thompson and published by Scratchpad Publishing. You can find more information about the game at scratchpadpublishing.com. Team Up Moves, a production of Fiona Hopkins and Stephanie Burt, copyright 2023. We love to chat on Twitter and Mastodon. Find us as at TeamUpMoves and TeamUpMoves at Dice.Camp, respectively. Check the show notes for all the links. Our website, which has subscribed links, our past episodes, and our free monthly email newsletter, is TeamUpMoves.com. Our theme music is Play by Sleepyhead. Find more of their music at SleepyheadRockBand.com. And finally, we grow by word of mouth. 
If you have your own email newsletter or just a couple friends, maybe share the link, leave a review on iTunes, post it to Discords, that kind of thing. We totally appreciate it. We love doing this show and we want everyone who's going to be interested in hearing it to have that opportunity. And so until next week, take care, pals.